Welcome to episode 48 of the 3M Fear podcast. In 1973, a team of 9 divers set out to explore the shaft in Mount Gambier. They aimed to do a record dive to reach a depth of 250 feet. This is the area where the sunlight filtered through beyond which the water would turn pitch black. The divers were experienced instructors. but diving deeper into the cave required practice and setting up equipment equipped and ready the team robert john peter gordon larry and the siblings glen stephen and christine gathered at the opening john decided to stay out of the dive and help with the supplies and meals instead The eight divers didn't follow important safety rules at the beginning of their dive. Once prepped, they were lowered one by one into the water at the shaft's entrance. Following a quick descent down the safety line, they reached the top of the rock pile in about 2 minutes. They spent around 5 minutes taking pictures before proceeding down the eastern tunnel. Among them were siblings Glen, Stephen and Christine, aged 25, 22 and 19. Glen recalls everyone being fine, looking over the drop-off ledge into the darkness and wondering what was there beneath. After about 5 minutes, Glen noticed that his air was running low. It wasn't an emergency, but still, when your air is running low, you have to leave. As Glen realized the low air situation, He moved to grab his sister who was way ahead of him. They all had the same amount of air. So if it was running low for him, it would definitely be running low for everyone else. Unexpectedly, she and the other divers lunged forward and dived straight into the abyss, disappearing from sight. The action was completely unplanned and against the rules. Nobody had mentioned that they would go down beneath. Glen hurriedly swam after them intending to stop his sister or any others but as he went over the ledge he saw complete darkness and suddenly as he moved the silt around him stirred and everything went dark neither he nor they had any idea of the tragedy that was about to strike Hello and welcome to the 3 AM Fear podcast. I'm Nikita Ferrao, mystery and thriller author. On this podcast, I talk about real crimes and real people. Due to the graphic nature of some of this content, listener discretion is advised. You can find the episode show notes on my website 3amfear.com. Let's get started. The shaft disaster, also known as the 1973 Mount Gambier cave diving accident, was a scuba diving incident that took place on 28 May 1973 in South Australia. In 1938, a farmer named Thompson was working on his field known as Thompson's Paddock 
between Mount Gambier and the ocean. He was using his horses to pull equipment when one of them stumbled over something hidden in the grass. Now intrigued, Thompson investigated. And that's when he found a small hole about a foot wide that seemed to extend down to at least 20 feet into the ground. And inside the hole was water. Thompson was puzzled because he hadn't noticed this hole before and he wasn't sure if his horse was the one that caused it or if it was already there before. He was worried that this area might collapse further. The hole's narrow opening widened like an upside-down funnel, making it dangerous for anyone to accidentally step on it. Thompson feared that someone might accidentally step on it and fall down. Concerned for others' safety, Thompson decided to fill this hole with rocks. And so he began to drop soccer ball-sized stones into the water. The more stones he dropped, the more it started to fill up. Thompson hoped that these stones would block the entryway. But no matter how many stones he dropped inside, it just wasn't enough. And that's when he realized that this hole was much deeper than what he had thought. He was also afraid that if anyone accidentally fell into the hole, then it would be difficult, I mean impossible, for someone to get out of the hole. Thompson's attempts at filling this hole were futile. The rocks kept disappearing into this dark, murky water. The mystery of the hole and its depth remained, leaving Thompson and many others in the area just left to worry. How deep was this hole? It took them some time to realize what it was. Eventually, this hole was identified as a limestone sinkhole formed by the dissolution of rocks beneath. The small hole widened to about three feet for easier exploration. In the mid-60s, a brave diver was lowered down into the opening for the first time. He descended to 23 feet and reached the water's surface. He realized that this was it. This hole was 23 feet deep. And once he was down there, he found himself in this stunning clear water. It was a sunny day. The cave was clear. It was beautiful. And that's when the cave got the name, the shaft. Equipped with scuba gear, the diver explored further. And that's when he realized that the cave that he descended still expanded further. On his first dive, he reached around 69 feet deep before returning back to the surface. Now remember, as I had said, the farmer had been throwing rocks. So over the years, hundreds of rocks had been thrown down into the cave. Astonishingly, he spotted these hundreds of rocks being dumped. And now they had formed a tiny hill, an ant hill, you can say. Initially, what they thought was that the bottom of the ant hill was it. That's the end of the cave. But later on, it was revealed that that was not it. The cave went much, much deeper. The massive chamber now had two deep descending arms. The main chamber measured at 460 feet long and 260 feet wide, with the top of the rock pile 
at 118 feet below the surface. The cave also had two tunnels on left and right. One of the tunnels was 260 feet deep and the other was 407 feet. Now experts speculate that these tunnels could have connected to the southern shores forming a part of the region's freshwater drainage system. Now let me tell you a little bit about this. So basically in the initial dive they thought that the depth of the cave was from the top until the bottom of the anthill that is the rocks that have been thrown but actually the cave went much deeper it had a left and a right side each much further down and those two sides were never discovered by that i mean no one had ever gone down that route no one knows what was down there The cave's features, cliffs, overhangs and restrictions coupled with crystal clear water made this a paradise for divers. So basically, the cave is divided into 3 stages. Stage 1 goes from the surface to 120 feet at the top of the rock pile. It's clear, easy to swim in because there is sunlight filtering through the hole. It's just a beautiful place. Stage 2 gets a little trickier. It starts at the top of the rock pile and goes down to the dead end of the west tunnel at 260 feet or to the drop off ledge at the 200 foot mark in the east tunnel. That is basically you go down to the west tunnel, it stops at the drop off ledge and then it's just darkness. From this ledge starts a treacherous area from here is stage 3 now no one has been to stage 3 at least at that point no one had been to stage 3 they had no idea what was there down there is no safety line to guide you there's no one to help you out nothing you are completely on your own the light quickly diminishes because you are now deep inside sunlight can't get in there and the only hope you have of looking around is through your flashlights that too you have to pray to god that your flashlight doesn't go off there is also this chance that you could accidentally hit the walls which are limestone and releasing the silt silt is kind of like loose sand or these fine sand grains you have this chance of releasing that and once that is released there will be silt all around you it's going to cloud your visibility you will not be able to see anything around you it's just going to be you and the silt around you and the more you try to wriggle yourself the more you try to push yourself around the more the silt is going to be around all you can do is wait try your best not to stir the silt around and let it settle down before trying to get out By now you can understand exactly how scary this section is the bottom section but that's not it it gets worse From here remember stage 1 is easy you go around you swim around you have fun and you get out Now we are going to talk about stage 2 and stage 3 I've already mentioned how scary those two sections are especially stage 3 Now the air that the divers breathe in in stage 2 and 3 contains too much of nitrogen so they can't use their regular air tanks the one that they can use in stage 1 they can't use that 
the deeper you dive with regular air the more nitrogen your body absorbs the more nitrogen that is there it could lead to nitrogen narcosis now what happens in nitrogen narcosis is similar to being heavily drunk now in extreme cases divers who have this nitrogen narcosis have mistakenly removed their mouthpiece and tried to inhale water they thought that they were at the surface not deep underneath so it's very scary to avoid these risks divers exploring stage 2 and 3 of the cave breathe in special gas which is a low mix of nitrogen stage 3 of the shaft spans from the 200 foot mark in the easterly tunnel down to the bottom at 400 feet it's incredibly difficult to go down there because once you go past these ledges the sunlight is gone and you're left with complete darkness as i said before now the tunnel becomes narrower as you start to go deeper and this forces divers to squeeze through tight spots often stirring up the silt and as you know once the silt is stirred up again the diver can't move because the more the diver tries to move the more silt there is and the more silt there is the more difficult it is for the diver to see so basically at this depth experiencing nitrogen narcosis is almost certain even with a special low nitrogen gas mix divers must be very careful and they must be ready to stop the dive if they start to feel as if this nitrogen narcosis is starting to kick in now while returning to the top that is where divers have to be very careful because there are a lot of fall stones so the diver may feel that he is going to the top but he might actually be entering another tunnel or another corner which would just lead to a dead end and then as time passes nitrogen narcosis would kick in he would have difficulty knowing what's happening around him and finally it would lead to death stage 3 is strictly for highly experienced cave divers only with special permission in 1973 a team of 9 divers set out to explore the shaft in mount gambier they aimed to do a record dive to reach a depth of 250 feet this is the area where the sunlight filtered through beyond which the water would turn pitch black the divers were experienced instructors but diving deeper into the cave required practice and setting up equipment they believed that they could dive towards the edge of the third stage and that it would be routine and fun they arrived at thompson's paddock parked by the cave's entrance and assembled a tripod hoist system this is a familiar tool for lowering divers into the narrow opening like the shaft the hole was still too tight for the divers to descend wearing their gear so what they had to do was they had to descend separately first them and then the gear or first the gear and then them they set up a short line which is a weighted line the line started from the top of the hole and led down to the top of the rock pile this line would help them hold on and descend at a record attempt and they could then explore the water in stage 1 the divers were excited but they were also cautious 
they knew that beyond a certain point they would lose natural light and so they had to be very careful the day prior to the accident the group signed the guest book at the farmhouse of bv ashby and completed a successful dive at the sinkhole extending a short line approximately 150 feet into the water and reaching the main point the primary point which was the rock pile they went down the hole they briefly explored the perimeter and decided that it was the perfect place for them to be everything seemed fine but what they didn't know was that the point that they thought was the end was not the actual end after this practice run they returned to mount gambier to replace batteries in their lights and refill their air tanks the next day equipped and ready the team robert john peter gordon larry and the siblings glen stephen and christine gathered at the opening john decided to stay out of the dive and help with the supplies and meals instead before entering the water the divers made a very big mistake now instead of using the special low nitrogen gas the one that i said was needed at stage 2 and 3 they actually filled their tanks with regular air the one that they would need if they were only swimming at stage 1 the eight divers didn't follow important safety rules at the beginning of their dive the rope they used to guide them wasn't long enough to reach the cave floor they also didn't have extra air tanks along the rope and they didn't plan how to manage this air properly they were taking it too lightly they didn't pair up for safety or use a guide rope which they thought would be risky in such a small space one experienced diver robert smith didn't expect the others to go as deep as they did now after the whole incident happened different people gave out different statements but this is a combination of what had possibly happened on that day once prepped they were lowered one by one into the water at the shaft's entrance following a quick descent down the safety line they reached the top of the rock pile in about 2 minutes they spent around 5 minutes taking pictures before proceeding down the eastern tunnel among them were siblings glen stephen and christine aged 25 22 and 19 glen recalls everyone being fine looking over the drop off ledge into the darkness and wondering what was there beneath after about 5 minutes glen noticed that his air was running low it wasn't an emergency but still when your air is running low you have to leave that's the diving rule for them for anyone as glen realized the low air situation he moved to grab his sister who was way ahead of him they all had the same amount of air so if it was running low for him it would definitely be running low for everyone else unexpectedly she and the other divers lunged forward and dived straight into the abyss disappearing from sight the action was completely unplanned and against the rules nobody had mentioned that they would go down beneath glen hurriedly swam after them intending to stop his sister or any others but as he went over the ledge 
he saw complete darkness and suddenly as he moved the silt around him stirred and everything went dark realizing that it was unsafe and everyone else knew what they were getting into he thought that maybe they had planned something maybe they had decided that they were going to do this and they had a way of coming back so he decided that he would go back to the rock pile and wait for them he turned back and ascended over the drop off ledge and decided to wait there at the rock pile larry renolds one of the divers who went into this forbidden third stage seemed to have been wanting to check this place out for only a brief period of time once they descended into the third stage the tunnel went completely dark and it drastically narrowed they found this section to be so tight that they had to lie flat on their stomach pulling themselves through this dangerous passage after realizing how scary and difficult this path was the group collectively decided that they were going to turn back but as they started to return to the drop off ledge they encountered this immense amount of silt larry found himself at the end of the returning line right behind christine as they entered the silt larry tried to focus his flashlight on christine's fins trying to see which direction she was going suddenly her fins vanished leaving larry scared and disoriented he was running low on air now despite all this confusion larry continued swimming believing that the path he was taking was the right path eventually he got out of the silt he ascended over to the drop off ledge and shone his light trying to see where the others were he was expecting to see christine and the other divers with him Larry noticed that none of them were in front of him but nothing he looked at his air gauge and realized that there was a little bit of air left he decided he could go back down one more time and maybe try to see where they were maybe they were stuck somewhere so he retraced his path and cautiously moved through the silt trying his best not to touch any of it Now as he moved ahead he spotted flashlights moving on the tunnel ceiling Now as he moved towards the light he realized that this light came from a false dome ahead of him You remember I had said there were a lot of false passages inside so it's very scary because the sunlight would not drop in and there was no way to know if the way that you were going was real or not When he looked up He saw that Christine and the other diver Robert were both searching for the exit but the place that they were searching for was a dead end Larry realized the dire situation he tried to get the attention of Christine and Roberts by shining his light towards him but his flashlight turned off and everything became dark panicked he started banging on the flashlight until it finally came back on and when he looked at the area he found himself on the far end the group had gone the path was clear and there was no silt as he started shining his light in the stage 3 tunnel he spotted a lone diver swimming in the wrong direction likely affected by nitrogen narcosis this diver was john a 20 year old diver 
knowing that he could not rescue John, Larry turned back to the silt, searching for the entrance to the false dome, trying to find out if he could save Christine and Robert. With his air running low, Larry was facing a critical problem. He could either go down and try to look for his fellow divers and struggle to find an exit, or he could just go back up. Glenn, desperate to find his siblings and the other missing divers, despite knowing that there was too much danger for him to go down, decided to go back down and start looking for them. He was fixated on opening the eastern tunnel, hoping that maybe this was where his friends would emerge. As Glenn started swimming down, his air continued to reduce. The weight of the situation became heavy and reality started to sink in. It was too late. After this tragedy, the search for the missing divers would continue for months. In January of the following year, a film crew entered the cave for a documentary shoot. While setting up, they found a body in a wetsuit just 50 feet below the surface. It was Stephen, one of the siblings. Despite further police efforts, the remaining divers could not be found. In March of 1974, one year later, three bodies were discovered at various depths. The first person was found at 185 feet. The deepest was John, who was wedged between a rock ledge at 205 feet. Recovering John's body took about another month due to the depth and positioning. It's said that Christine and Gordon tried to get out, but because they could not find the main entrance, they ended up running out of air. John reportedly was seen swimming deeper into the cave and he was likely affected by nitrogen narcosis, leading to him moving into the opposite direction. Although Stephen's torch and camera were found deep at the base of the rock pile, his body was found under an overhang at a depth of only 50 feet. Compared to the other victims, little is known about what happened to him. It would take 11 months and 11 days to finally locate and recover all four bodies of the victims inside the cave. The shaft disaster became a main reason for the change, prompting the formation of the Cave Divers Association of Australia CDAA, to regulate the industry and prevent any future tragedies. When you look back now, it just looks too certain. They probably didn't know how deep the cave was. They didn't know what they had to carry and what they didn't. They were of course divers, trained divers, but they were not trained in cave diving. They used regular air, which they should not have. There were also a lot of guidelines kept in place. That is, they were not supposed to go to certain sections and of course the silt. But with all the decisions being taken inside, one after the other, it just led to a tragedy. Since then, a lot of focus has been put on the regulation and proper training has been made so that any other crew going diving next would be safer. The recovery of the bodies within the cave painted a grim picture of the events. The one that's most heartbreaking was that Christine and Robert were found together. They possibly knew what was to come and they decided to stick to each other. The shaft was temporarily closed 
and then later reopened a big thank you to all my fellow listeners who have been listening to all my episodes thank you so much your listens your support means a lot if you love my podcast if you love the stories that i put out then please do follow me on whichever podcasting platform you are listening from and please do leave a rating it will really help me a lot you can listen to me on other platforms including spotify apple podcasts and any other podcasting platform if you are in india you can always listen to my podcast on gana or jio savan If you love to listen to strange and mysterious stories then follow me on Instagram and YouTube where I put out reels on such stories. These are completely different from the ones that I put out on my podcast so do follow me on them. If you love travel you can follow me on my travel channels I'll link them also in the description. Until then stay kind and stay safe out there.